I told you on Sunday that I have been feeling for several days now something that I believe is extremely important uh, for this church. And it's something God's been dealing with me about, something that I've been working on putting into practice in my own life. And uh, I made mention Sunday night that I feel like if you can get this, it can revolutionize, it can change your outlook on a lot of things. And I believe will change the dynamics of this church if we can get it. Praise God. Now, um, I, I, don't, I don't say this to pat myself on the back. And I know you're standing, but you're going to get to sit for about an hour uh, or more. And um, so uh, just bear with me for just a few more moments. Uh, if you know me at all, you know there is not an egotistical bone in my body. I, if anything, it is the exact opposite, and I struggle, I struggle, literally struggle with constant feelings of inadequacy and all of that. Um, so I don't say this to in any way build myself up, but one of the greatest compliments that has ever been paid to me was paid to me by a man that I highly, highly respect, and a man that I love dearly, and a man that I believe is one of the foremost voices in the apostolic movement right now i believe god's got his hand on him and is going to use him in greater measure in the days and months to come uh, in the apostolic church but he said to me he said to me that he felt like my preaching uh the times that i have preached for him my preaching was this was his term revelatory now i don't know how revelatory my preaching has ever been but I do know this, I have prayed today and I have asked God that if there has ever been a time in my ministry that my preaching has been revelatory, I want it to be tonight. Amen. I don't want this to be just a sermon. I do not want tonight to just go through my notes. I don't want it to be just a Thursday night Bible study. But I want us to grasp something tonight that I believe, I believe will set us apart in the eyes of God for a, for, for a special anointing and special favor from on high. Now, whether or not I accomplish it, I don't know. But I, I know what I have prayed and I have asked God to help me tonight. And so I'm going to tell you right up front that I am 100% confident the devil's going to do everything he can to distract you. Uh, in fact, if you haven't turned your cell phone ringer off, make sure it's off now. I don't want turkey in the straw going off right in the middle of my message. Hallelujah. Or bicycle horns or whatever else is, is, you know, all the tweeting and all of that. I don't, want, I don't want distractions. I will ask you again, please, while I'm preaching, no running in and out. If a child is acting up and must be dealt with, then take them out and deal with them. But decide whether taking them out is more of a distraction than leaving them in. And if leaving them in is more of a distraction, then take them out. Just what I'm telling you is minimize the distraction. Amen. Getting thirsty is not an emergency. Right. 
Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. I hope some of you are getting some revelations right now. Now, I, I know of one time, I've been in the church, uh, I have been in the church since I was 12 years old. Uh, this month, I turned 51. So, so uh, as of next month, as of next month, I will have had the Holy Ghost for 39 years. I have been going to church for, for more than that. And I'm telling you, that in all of those years, even as an old man, there have been very, 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 very few times that I have ever had to leave a service to go to the bathroom. And those times have been because my doctor put me on water pills. And water pills don't recognize time slots. I wish they did. I soon learned that there were times I just couldn't take them and I would just suffer the consequences rather than have to leave the service to go to the bathroom. So I am not saying this because of anybody that's been in or out right now. I am saying to you, I want everybody to hear what the preacher's got to say tonight. I, I, I'm not the Lord. I am not the Lord. I'm not claiming to be the Lord. But to use his words, he said, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. I am saying to you tonight, you call me pastor. So let me be your pastor. I need you in this sanctuary. I need you in tune with the Holy Ghost. I need you hearing what God's got to say. I need you to plug into the Spirit. I need you to go where I'm going tonight. If I have already offended you, I am sorry that you are offended. It is not my intention to offend you. It is not my intention to upset you. I am just trying to stress to you how important I feel like this message is for all of us tonight. In fact, make sure, Mr. Soundman, your head is on the line. If this message does not get recorded tonight, you are permanently fired until Sunday, all right? <laughs> but there will be a public beheading if this does not get recorded properly tonight. You better make sure it works now because it may be the last time you get to use it. I am serious about this. I am feeling this with every fiber in my spiritual being tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Now, I don't know that we're going to do a lot of shouting because there is a lot of Bible study involved. I don't know that we're going to be running the aisles and jumping up and down because of what I have to say. But I'm telling you. That as you sit there, if you will focus in on what the Spirit's doing, God can turn on a light in your heart and in your mind and show you what He wants. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. All right, all right. I've, I've used 20 minutes of my time already just saying those things. But I pray, I hope and pray that everybody... Is ready to ride in my chariot tonight. Yes, 
Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 34. I've preached a lot from this. I've preached many messages from this. I'm going back to it tonight. Matthew 6, verses 31 through 34. I feel, and you can just mark this down in your black book of memory or whatever, that I said this, and you'll understand it better by and by. But I do feel like it is significant, and it, I felt it was important that the first message I preached to this church in 2011 would be this message. Now, I could have done it at the end of last year. I didn't want to. I, I want it to be the first time that I address the church this year. Brother Daniels was with me, uh, was with us on this weekend. He preached the first Sunday, the first services, and, and, and I think it was fitting and important that we have an evangelist here to preach revival to us on the first Sunday of the year. I, I believe that was significant, but I believe that my first time to fill this pulpit in 2011, this is what God wants New Life Pentecostal Church to hear in this first message of this year. This is the first year, the first year of a new decade. I went through the reasons why before. I won't go through that again. If you don't, don't agree with that, then, then that's fine. But this is, this is, this is the first year. And, and if we have to, we can pull out a calendar and prove it. But this is the first year of a brand new decade. And that's significant. It's all significant. Well, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye. But seek ye. Come on, everybody. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, therefore, because of what I just said. Now look, you understand Jesus led up to this statement by saying, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. Do not worry about those things. That's what the heathen worry about. But he said, I'm telling you what you need to be concerned about. You need to be concerned about seeking God first. And if you will seek God first, everything else will be added to you. Therefore, because of what I just said, don't take thought for tomorrow. Because the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the days of the evil thereof. All right. I am going to preach, teach, treach, I don't know, whatever. But I'm going to deliver the burden of my heart tonight. And, uh, and, and usually I like alliteration. You know, I like, to, I like to put everything together and use the same first letter and all that. It's easy to remember. My, my, sub, my title tonight is extremely, extremely simple, extremely simplistic, but it's what I'm preaching to you about tonight. And that is simply putting God first. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. 
You say, oh, I do that. I, oh, hang on. I'm telling you, the Lord, the Lord has been dealing with me that I really haven't put him first. We say we do. Oh, I feel this. I hope you're not in a hurry tonight. I'm I'm feeling something. We're going somewhere tonight. Not Not just in the scripture. We're going somewhere in the spirit tonight. Ah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God, look, we, we've, we've spent a lot of time already. I'm just going to say God bless the reading of his word to your hearts. And Jesus, use me tonight. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. It seems like to me that over the last few months, I have repeatedly spent a lot of time dealing with the importance of truly seeking God and his kingdom first. I don't know how many messages I've preached to you that have been somewhere along that line and somewhere, amen, dealing with this principle to some extent. Amen. And I think that it's been because God has been trying to show me something and, and trying to get me somewhere and, and trying to get us somewhere. But, but you know, somebody said, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you do it one bite at a time. And there is an elephant here that we've got to devour. And I've been trying to give you just a spoonful at a time. But tonight, tonight we get the whole deal. So I hope you're hungry. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, 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 now listen to me, church. I have taught this church. I have preached to you that one of the ways that we show that we put God first is through our tithing. Right? I've taught you that. I've taught you that. It's, our tithing is a symbol of, of the fact that God is first in our life. And, and, and we show that by, by giving him the 10%. And, and we show him how important he is in our lives. But I want you to, I want you to, um, I want you to do something here tonight for just a moment. And, and I, I don't want to kill the anointing that's here. And I don't think it will. And um, count that and make sure that my math is right, would you? It, it takes an engineer to count $1 bills. Hallelujah. All right, there's 10 of them there, right? All right, all right. Now, I've got, I've got 10, 10 $1 bills here, all right? I want to ask, ask some of you a very, very simple, two very simple questions. Are you with me? Two. Now, don't, please don't holler out the answer. I want to ask some individuals to answer these questions for me, two very simple questions, all right? You willing to be my first guinea pig? There's 10 $1 bills here. Question number one. How much is the tithe off of this? $1. It's not a trick question. It's not a trick question. Um, now, you're going to get to be the guinea pig, so you're going to get to hear the second question, which is harder than the first. <coughs> So the tithe is $1. Which of these $10 bills is the tithe? The one on top. You think it's the one on top? I would. 
Yeah, that's, that's your guess? All right, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who else wants to be my guinea pig? Brother, Brother Jared? Question number one. How much is the tithe off of this? $10. Now, I like this guy's tithing mathematics, huh? Boy, I hope there's a spirit of revelation in here tonight. How much is the tithe off of this? It's $1. Now, would you tell me which of these bills, which of these is the tithe? You think the top one. How much is the tithe, Brother Brandon? It's $1. Which one is the which one, which one of all of these is the tithe of this? You, you think the top. You think the first. You want to change yours? Why, you just don't agree with your brother? <laughs> Whatever your brother says, you've got to choose the opposite. Is that the deal? All right, what, what's, what do you think? You think all of them are the tithe. Well, <clears throat> what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you stew on that. Is anybody else that really wants to take a stab at it? Do you think you got it? Maybe you've got a perspective on this, Sister, Sister Trish? First of all, how much is the tithe? It is $10 here. I'm not, I'm not trying to trick anybody in all this. So it's $1. And, and then which one is the tithe? The bottom one? Okay. So I want you just to stew on that for a little while. And I'm going to come back and give you the answer to the question. All right? Um, because it's, it's a little bit deeper than the answer that I'm getting. And, and not that any of you are really wrong, but it's a little deeper than this. And, and I want to, and, and I've taught tithing. I, in fact, you know, I, I've spent, I think one time I spent two weeks teaching just on tithing. And, and so, you know, I, I, I hope you've got a good grasp of the fact that it is biblical, that it is New Testament. It's not, it's not Jewish law. It's New Testament. I've, I've, I've shown that. I've taught on it. If you were not here to hear those lessons, we can get you those CDs free of charge. I want you to hear it. I will even print out my notes and let you study my notes on the subject. Uh, I have told other pastors, I will come to your church and teach the lesson free of charge. I don't want you to give me anything. Just let me come and teach your people because I believe that this is what God wants from us. Not because some denomination taught it to me, but because I spent time in prayer and study, and I came to the conclusion. I was, this is how it came about. I was pastoring a church. There, some of those folks did not believe in tithing. And others had different opinions about what the tithe was. And I literally shut myself in the office and stayed there one entire day just studying the subject of tithing and praying and getting an answer from God so that when I stepped to that pulpit, I taught that night for almost three hours. That night, two hours and 45 minutes, I think it was, that I taught that night on the subject of tithing. So this is not something that's been handed to me from some denomination. This is what I got from the scripture and from the Lord. All right? So we're going to come back to these $10 and $1 bills in just a little while. And I want to show you something tonight. Go with me to Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 19. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. All right, now, uh, the first of what? The first, everyone say first fruits. The first fruits. Now, he repeats this again in Exodus 34, verse 26. 
The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of thy, the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's All right, So again, he says, the first of thy, the first of thy first fruit, the first fruits. Listen to what, what uh, Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with, thy with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and the presses shall burst out with new wine. All right, now he said, honor the Lord with thy substance and with thee. It's not on the wall, so you got to kind of guess at this one, but it's the same answer as the last two questions have been. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thee. Some of you didn't get that. It's the same answer. Let's try it again. And with thee. All right, there's still some of you lagging, but it's with the first fruits of thine increase. And then, and then, he said, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now look, God didn't say, give me just any fruits. God said, I want thee. Oh, I feel this tonight. God said, I... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Is anybody feeling what? Am I crazy? Is anybody feeling what I'm feeling right now? I'm telling you, God said, I want the first. I don't want just any. I want the first. God only promised that our barns would be filled with plenty and our presses would burst with new wine if we honored him with our first fruits now God essentially said you give me the first and I'll let you keep all the rest and I'll bless what you've got but I want to be put first I want to be first I want to be first church what was the problem at AI what was the real issue of what happened now, you know, in, in, in Joshua chapter 6, uh, this is where the children of Israel came to Jericho. And uh, they were going to march around Jericho. And we all know the story of Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, right? We all know about Joshua and Jericho. We, not as many of us know about Joshua and Ai. Ai was not nearly as large a city as Jericho. Wasn't nearly as well fortified as Jericho. At Jericho, they marched and the walls fell and they took the city. No problem. At Ai, a small city, they put the people to flight and killed the Jews and chased them off, embarrassed and ashamed. And they lost pitifully. Smaller city, not as well fortified, not as well armed, but Ai won and Israel lost. Why? Why did Israel lose? You know why. You know about Achan. But why was God so upset about Achan? Have you ever really stopped to think, what was it about it that God was so upset about? Let me show you what it was. Amen. Joshua chapter 7. First of all, let's look at this. Verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. God was kindled. God's anger was kindled against Israel. Because Achan took spoil out of Ai, out of Jericho. Now, why, why were they not allowed to take any of the possessions 
out of Jericho. Let's go to chapter 6 and see what God had said. Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it, but all the silver, all the silver and, gold and the gold and the vessels of the brass, vessels of brass and, iron and iron are consecrated are, unto the Lord. Are what? Are what? They are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come, into, they the treasury shall come the into the treasury of the Lord. Now listen to me. Listen to me. When Israel crossed the Jordan and went into the land of promise, the very first city they attacked was Jericho. And God said, all of the spoil of Jericho is mine. It's the first city. It's mine. Now hear me, hear me, hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. God did not say, I want you to go conquer ten cities and give me one of them. Is anybody getting any revelation? God didn't say, you just pick one of these ten and give me one of the ten. God didn't say, you pile it all up and after every ten, you give me one. No, no. God said, I want the first one. I want the first one. got to be first got to be first and I'm telling you here is the deal that, that, now I don't know if you notice this but the same objects are being discussed and in one verse they are called accursed and in another verse they are called consecrated same objects why are they both accursed and consecrated well it all depends on who is holding them when they are taken into the treasury of God, they are consecrated. But if you've got them in your treasury, they're accursed. And God said if you've got them and they're accursed, you and everything you own is cursed just like the accursed thing. Listen, this is the principle of God. I want the very first. And if I can't have it, I'm putting a curse on it. And it's going to curse everything else you've got. But if you'll give me the first, I'm going to put a blessing on it. And it's going to bless everything else you've got. Now, this is the principle, really, of tithing throughout the Scripture. That's why Malachi said what he did. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Listen. Will a man rob Will God? Will a man. Will a man rob God? Read. Yet ye have robbed me. But you've robbed me. But say ye, wherein have we robbed thee? But you say, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and He said, and I'll tell you where. In your tithes and in your Offerings, you are cursed with the curse, and so you are cursed. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You've robbed me. You've robbed me. You've robbed. You become cursed because I wasn't put. Get this, church. Get this. God said, "I don't just want anything. I want the first." Stay with me. 
What was the problem with Cain's offering? I've heard people say, well, Cain offered fruit and, and Abel offered animals and God wanted animals. The problem with that is it is merely conjecture. It is speculation and nothing more. Because there is no scripture, there is no place where God ever told Adam, Eve, anybody, I want animals. Nowhere. But let me show you what happens here. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. And there are some things I want you to, to pay attention to now. Look at this. Genesis 4, verses 3 through 5. And in process of... And in what? I want you to say those three words together. And in... Process of time. What happened? It came to pass. Came to pass. That Cain brought of the fruit of the Cain ground. brought of the fruit of the an ground. Offering unto an the offering. Lord. And everyone say an offering. He brought an offering. It came to pass. In the process of time, he brought an offering to the Lord. Read. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and, and of the fat thereof. And Abel brought. Come on. You ever seen that before? Abel brought the firstlings oh hallelujah the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof and, the Lord, and what happened and the Lord had respect the Lord unto Abel and to his respect, offering and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering but unto Cain and but to his unto offering Cain and his respect. offering he was he had not respect and Cain was very wrong so, so, so here all of this and in fact we could go on we could read and God said to him sin lieth at the door that's the whole problem here's the problem between Cain and Abel the Bible says of Abel he brought the firstlings Abel said I'm going to take the very first that my sheep produce I'm going to bring the very first lamb that is born I'm going to give God the very first that I've got but with Cain, it was just in the process of time. Somewhere down the road, Cain got to looking around and said, you know, God's been pretty good to me. I guess I ought to give him something back. Time passed, Brother Merriman. Time passed. In the process of time. I don't know how long it took. Months. Weeks. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he's enjoying his fruit. He's enjoying the harvest. And he says, you know, really, I ought to give God. And, and he may very well have given God 10% of it. I don't know. But what I do know is God was very specific that with Abel it was the first. But with Cain it was just in the process of time there was an offering. Oh, I feel this. I feel this. I'm telling you, I believe this is what made the difference between Abel's sacrifice and Cain's sacrifice. God respected one and rejected the other. It wasn't because one brought fruit and one brought animals. It's because one brought the first and one just got around to it when he found the time. Let's go back to my opening question. Ten one dollar bills. How much is the tithe? How much is the tithe? One dollar. Which dollar is the tithe? Oh, well, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, of course, the first, the first, yeah, the first. But which one's the first? 
Well, let me tell you how I'm going to determine which one's the first. You know, if you get paid in a lump sum, somebody walks up and hands you 10 $1 bills. How do you know which one's the first? Now, some of you aren't thinking yet. I want to tell you how you're going to know which one's the first. The first one you spend. The first one that goes out of your hand. That's the first. Now, I got $10 here. And I owe, I owe, uh, uh, one, two, three, four. I owe $4 on my mortgage. And so I pay my mortgage. And, and I owe $2 on my car notes. So I pay my car note. I need to get a dollar's worth of groceries. And so I get, and now God, look here what I got. I'm bringing you my tithe. Oh, no, you're not. Well, what happened to all my shouters? What happened to all my shouters? What is the first? You know what's the first? When I get these 10, I'm not worried about the mortgage. I'm not worried about the car. I'm not worried about the groceries. I'm worried about God. God, before I write any other check, before I spend any other money, number one, number one, number one, this is yours, God. The first one I spend, this is yours. Really? Is it an act of faith to pay your mortgage, pay your car note, pay your grocery bill, pay your visa bill, and then write out a check for tithe after everything else is paid? That's not an act of faith. Faith is, I'm not even going to look at the bills yet. First thing I want to know is how much do I owe God? And the very first check that I'm going to write is going to be to God. So you got paid on Friday. You sat down Friday evening. You paid your bills. You went to the grocery store on Saturday. You bought a week's worth of food. You go to a restaurant that night and enjoy a fine meal. When you get to church on Sunday, you write out a check to God for 10%. Did you pay tithes? Well, not properly. Oh, you're getting quiet on me. Everybody was riding with me until I really got down to where we're living now. What should happen is when you get that check, uh, before I write a check to my mortgage, for my mortgage, before I write a check to the finance company, before I write a check to buy groceries, before I write a check for anything, God gets the first. Let me show you why this is so important, church. Exodus chapter 13. In fact, turn in your Bibles there. There's several verses here I want you to read from Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Sanctify all the. Come on, church. All the firstborn. Sanctify the firstborn unto me. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man, oh, man? and beast, it is beast. mine. The firstborn. Firstborn is mine. Don't 
I'll never forget to talk about Egypt. It's not in my notes, but it just hit me. I need, I need to say something about Egypt, so don't let me forget. All right, now, God said, sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast. Firstborn is mine. That's what God said. Now, let's go down to verse 12. Same chapter, verse 12, verses 12 and 13. Read. That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix. Set apart to God everyone that opens the matrix. And every firstling every that cometh firstling of a beast. Every firstling that thou comes hast, of a beast. Uh -huh. The male shall be the Lord. Male shall be the Lord. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with the lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among the children shalt thou redeem. Now, I can spend a lot of time on this, but let me just tell you, this is the principle of first fruits in the Scripture. This is the principle. The first, the first, had to either be sacrificed or redeemed. Every time an animal brought forth, you either had to sacrifice the firstborn or you had to redeem it. If it was clean, a lamb. If it, if it was an animal that was considered clean, then you sacrifice it. It's God's. Now, God didn't say wait until they have ten and then give me one. You don't know when that first one's born if it will ever have another one. But God didn't say wait till there's ten and then give me one. God said you give me the first. Now if it's unclean, if it's a donkey, it's an unclean animal, you don't sacrifice that to God. So what do you do? You go find a clean spotless lamb to take its place. And that unclean firstborn had to be redeemed because it could not be sacrificed. Now, I, I could really preach right now. I don't have time. I could really preach about why Jesus Christ was the firstborn uh, as far as for us. What he did, we were unclean, but he was the clean spot. That's what John said. Behold the lamb of God. He was the clean spotless lamb. We were unclean. We should have died, but he did it to redeem us. Oh, hallelujah. But the firstborn was God's. Now, this is why I said remind me about Egypt. And thank you. This is why God could go into Egypt and kill all the firstborn. They were his. They belonged to him. All the firstborn was his. Well, hallelujah. The first belongs to God. And so everything that is first must either be sacrificed or it must be redeemed. There are 16 different times in the scripture that, that the, the scripture declares that the firstborn belongs to God. Nobody else can have the first but God. God doesn't want just anything. God wants the first. You see, if we're going to practice first fruits, then the first portion we spend has got to be the tithe. Here's what Paul said, Romans chapter 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy. If the first fruit is holy, 
The lump is the lump is, holy. Now listen to me. Listen to me, church. This is what happens when you make the first fruit holy. When you give God the first, uh, then the rest of the lump is holy. God blesses everything else is there when the first fruit is given to him. The first has the power to redeem the rest. I'm telling you, you say you put God first, but I could pick up your checkbook tonight and tell you whether you're putting God first or not. Right after the deposit, what's the first entry? Does the mortgage company deserve to be first? Does the auto finance company deserve to be first? Does Visa or MasterCard deserve to be first? Does Price Chopper deserve to be first above God? Are we really putting God first? Now, I know, I know this little side job I've been doing that, you know, they do direct deposit. And so it goes in and I never know when it goes in. But I'm going to tell you this much. Since, since God's been dealing with me about this, I've been very conscientious. I'll go online. I'll try to check. I'll try to find out when that money's there. The first thing I write. As soon as I know that money's mine, the first thing I write. My tithe check. The second thing I write my offering check see God doesn't demand an offering the tithe is his the offering is mine but I say God I'm not just going to give you what you demand but the first fruits that I present to you is going to go above and beyond what I give you that's required I'm not just trying to get by I'm not just trying to be saved by the skin of my teeth I'm trying to show you you really are number one in my life now ever wonder why it was the Old Testament saints worshipped on the Sabbath day which was the seventh day but in the New Testament they didn't do that you know when they met in the New Testament they got together on Sunday Let me show you something. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for. And not man for the Sabbath. Hang on. Sabbath is not God's day. Sabbath is our day. God gave us the Sabbath because we needed the rest. That's what Jesus said. The Sabbath was made for man. And not man for the Sabbath. Seventh day is our day. What's left over at the end of the week, that's our day. That's what we get. It's what's left over. But when the New Testament church got together, they did things a little differently. And here's the reason why. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. And when the Sabbath was passed, Sabbath was passed. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Siloam had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Uh, the dead body of Jesus. They're on their way to the tomb. And, and the Sabbath is now passed. The seventh day is over. So what day is it? 
new week starting. Read. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week. The what? The what? Jesus did not rise from the dead on the Sabbath. He didn't rise from the dead on the seventh day, on man's day. He rose on the first day. Now, we're not going to take the time. I could I go ahead and just read all that. Uh, the rest of it just proves that it was dealing with the resurrection. I, I hope it know that 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 you i hope and trust that you know that this is the story of the resurrection and so here is what happened jesus did not rise on the seventh day on the last day of the week but jesus rose on sunday on the first day of the week and that's why hey man paul said first corinthians 15 verse 20 but now is christ risen from now the is dead, christ risen from the dead and become the and become the the what on the first day of the week, early in the morning, before anything else could happen, Jesus came forth victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He was the first fruits. He was the first fruits. Now in the very next chapter, that's chapter 15, Paul makes a statement, Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept. In the very next chapter, in verses 1 and 2, he says... Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, uh -huh. so do ye. Do ye? Upon the first day of the on week. On the first day. Now you understand many of these people were Jews. Many of these people were still going to the synagogues on the Sabbath. Paul said on the, on the first day of the week. On the first. Now they didn't, you know, their lives were totally different. And, and it wasn't where they had direct deposit and they, you know, got bills of the month that were due on the 13th or the 27th. or You know, it didn't work that way. Uh, of course, they didn't have a whole lot of bills because they didn't buy things on credit for the most part. And there weren't any utilities to be paying for. You know, life was just different back then. But here's what Paul said. He said the first, the first day of the week, this is when you get together. This is when you come together. We're not worshiping on man's day. In fact, what was it that Revelation said? In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that I, John, was in the spirit when? On what? On the Lord, not on man's day. Jesus said the Sabbath is man's day. John said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day not on the Sabbath but on the first day of the this is God the first day belongs to God Amen. this is why we have Sunday church this is why we come together the first day is God's we're giving God the first fruits of our life we are showing him the first the first thing God that we're giving you is our time we come together on the first day of the week. We'll do what we need to do on the seventh day. But we're coming to celebrate you. We're coming to worship you. We're coming to exalt you on the first day of the week. Now, he said on the first day of the week, let everyone of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. As God hath prospered him. Amen. And, and another translation, uh, it, it simply says, in relation to what you have earned. In other words, you don't give God just anything, but you give God a portion, a percentage of what you earn. 
this wasn't specifically dealing with a tithe. It was an offering. And Paul was teaching even our offerings ought to be a percentage of what, not just some random number we pick out. But we ought to give God in proportion to the way God's given to us. The tithe, we don't give God. I've, I've taught on this when I taught tithing. We don't give God the tithe. That's his already. We return the tithe to God. We don't start giving until we get above 10%. Then we're giving. And he's talking about giving here. He's not talking about tithing, but he's talking about giving. But he said we ought to come together on the first day of the week. We ought to give something. And the way we give ought to be in proportion to the way God's blessed us. But we ought to do that first. Everyone say first. first. Now, listen to me, church. So, well, what's the big deal? I want to tell you what's the big deal. If we really get a revelation of what I'm preaching, this goes far beyond our money. The money is just the best way I know to explain it. It's the best way that I can give you an example. It's the best way that I can just show you in, in simplicity what it means to really put God first. But I want to tell you, since God's been dealing with me about this, I want to tell you, and I'm not bragging on me, all right? I'm just telling you, because I, I, I make it a habit to pray. I make it a habit to read my Bible. I, I, I do those things because I love God. But since I've really gotten a hold of this, I want to tell you what I do now. When I wake up, Brother Merriman, first thing. Now, I'm not talking about my whole prayer time. I'm not talking about entering into travail and, and, and all of that. But I'm just telling you, as soon as I am cognizant that there is a world around me, I am going to breathe a simple prayer to him. Because I want to talk to him before I talk to anybody else. I want to talk to him before I talk to anybody God, I want you to know I take this first, this first fruit principle seriously. And I want to talk to you before I ever get out of bed, before I ever move a muscle. I want to say to you how much I'm thankful. You've let me live through another night. You've given me another day. I appreciate your blessing. And I want you to know you are first. My phone. My Cell phone sits on my nightstand. As is the case with many of you, I have the Bible on my phone. It's right there at my nightstand. When I have finished talking to the Lord, giving him the first moments, the next thing I do is get that phone. Before I look at one email, before I read one text message, I go to the Bible. And I'm not talking about my in-depth Bible study. I'm just telling you the first fruits of my day. I'm reading scripture, Brother Merriman. I'm not, I may not read a lot, but I'm going to read that before I read anything else. Look, I'm not telling you this is the way you have to live. But I'm just telling you, for me, I believe there is something to it when we start putting God truly first. You know the way it is for most of us with our prayer lives. We go through the day. We get out of bed. We jump out of bed. We've hit the snooze button way too many times. We're running late. We're in a hurry. We're grouchy. We're snapping at everybody. We're honking the car horn. We get to work. We're fussing with everybody. We're in a bad mood. We get home. Things are not any better. Finally, at the end of the day, oh, Jesus, help me. Now I lay me down to sleep. Oh, yeah, I better read. Let's see. Psalm 117 only has two verses. This is what we give God. And we want God to accept 
the leftovers of our day. Now, when I said I was preaching on putting God first, some of you are ready. Yeah, you're riding with me. All of a sudden, some of you have abandoned ship. I'm not saying you have to live this way. But I do believe there is something in this church. I, I'm telling you, I've felt something different in my own life. I have felt a touch of God different for the merriment in my own life since I've started doing this. I, I can't explain it to you. It's not a whole lot. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not spending hours before I get out of bed, but I'm just letting God know this is first in my life, God. I want you to truly be the first part of my day every day that I live. I don't want to give you the leftovers. I don't want to collapse in my recliner at the end of the day and say, well, God, here I am. I want to give you the first. Sister Reagan, come. I, I want God. Look, look. I got a couple more scriptures here, don't I? I uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 and Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5 give the same command to the people of God. And here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 says this. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Doing what to the time? Redeeming. Redeeming time because the days are evil Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time redeeming the time how this whole concept of redemption is not brand new to Ephesians and Colossians the concept of redemption was a very common thing among the Jews. When something was unclean, it had to be redeemed. How did they redeem? By giving the first fruits of that which was clean. We live in evil, unclean times. The days, the days are evil. And you know what we need to start doing, church? We need to start redeeming. God, I'm about to face a very evil day. I'm about to walk into a wicked world. They don't think like we think. They don't talk like we talk. They, they want to corrupt our minds. They want to corrupt our lives. Uh, they don't even think anything about it anymore. I know, I know I'm becoming an old fogey, but I'm telling you, I remember, I remember, I remember when people would apologize if they said something that was off color or cursed in the presence of a lady. They apologized. I'm sorry. Now some quote unquote ladies talk worse than the men. 
And this is liberation. No, it's bondage is what it is. It's not liberation. It's bondage. I'm telling you, it's a wicked world out there. You hear me? They don't care what they expose. They don't care what they show. They don't care what they talk about. They could care less about your feelings. It's a wicked world. Somebody's got to redeem some time. Somebody has got to redeem some time. We've got to give God something. Amen. We've got to give him the first fruits. Hear me, church. Hear me. This is what I'm telling you. This is where I said, if, if right now, God, if you'll honor this request, this one simple request by this preacher, I know I probably haven't done a very good job of presenting my case tonight, but God, I've given it my best. Would you honor this one request? Anybody that hasn't gotten a revelation, let them see it now, God, that if they would just start giving you the first fruits of their time, the first fruits of their day the first fruits of their finances the first fruits of their talents if they would start giving you the very first you would turn around and transform their lives and transform this church I'm telling you things would be different We have a hard time plugging into the spirit when we get to church. You know why? Because we hadn't tried to plug in all day long. We've had to walk through all the mud and the garbage and the filth the world's thrown at us. And then we come to church at the end of our day. All right, Jesus, I'm ready to talk to you now. But how would things change if before you got out of bed in the morning, you prayed a simple prayer? If before you got out of the, if you don't have a Bible on your cell phone, get, get your, your Bible off the coffee table or wherever you got it and put it at your nightstand. Try it. Try. I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you for one week. One week. That's all I'm asking. I want to challenge you for one week. Give God the first moments of your day over the next week and see what happens. See if it doesn't change. For one week. For one week. As soon as you know you've been paid, write your tithe check. Put it in a place where you don't forget it. Stick it in your Bible or put it in your purse or put it somewhere where you know you won't forget it. God, I want you to know for the next seven days, I'm going to just try it. You know what you say, is that really right to do that to God? Yeah, yeah, because the book of Malachi, he said, he said, he said to try him. Try me and see, he said. Try me and see. If I don't pour you out a blessing. God said put me to the test. So I'm challenging you church. Over the next seven days put God to the test. And see what God will do. When you start putting him first. See if your day at work doesn't go a little bit better. See if your money doesn't go a little bit farther. 
See if there's not a little bit more peace in your home. A little bit more happiness in your life. Try him. But I'm going to tell you, don't be surprised at what happens because the Bible tells us what will happen. Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the but kingdom seek of ye, God. But seek ye But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. God said, if you'll really put me first, I'll see to it you've got everything you need. Put me first. Anybody willing to take the challenge? Anybody willing to put God to the test? Is there anybody in this house, amen, that says, God, it, it, look, church, it's, I'm not telling you you haven't been praying. I'm not telling you you haven't been reading your Bible. I'm not saying you're not paying your tithe. I'm just saying God has shown me I hadn't been doing it exactly right. And I want to get it exactly right. Does God bless it if you just give 10% whenever it is? Yes, God blesses it. He's shown me that time and time again. But I'm telling you, he really, he, hear me church, he really blesses it. When it's the first 10. Does God meet with us in our prayer time at the end of the day? Oh yeah, he's met with me many times at the end of my day. There have been times, there have been times that I have been at this office for hours and I get ready to leave and I've got my door locked and my lights turned off and I've started for the front door and all of a sudden something hits me and I said, all right, God, I know you're wanting to talk to me right now. I was ready to go, but I just shucked that jacket of mine and I turned right around and I walked back into the sanctuary again and then at the end of my day, I I've met with him and he's talked to me and he's spoken to me and he's blessed me. Yes, he will. But I'm just telling you, there's a dimension that I cannot explain that when you there is a dimension of the spirit that when you start putting him First, something happens. Something happens. Let's stand and lift our hands. Oh, 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 oh.